Point number three is this. Jesus' ministry extends to all people, even the unlikely. Let's pick back up at verse 31. Then he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee. Now, all right, before I, before I keep reading, it says here he went down to Capernaum. If you're looking at the map, you're going to say, how can he go down from Nazareth to Capernaum when clearly Nazareth is south of Capernaum? So here the scriptures are not speaking of north and south. When it says he went down to Capernaum, a, a city of Galilee, he went down in elevation. If you remember, it says uh, that they took him out to you know the, the cliff. They were going to throw him off a cliff. because Why? Because Nazareth was built on a, a high elevation area. So it says when he went down to Capernaum, we're talking about elevation. So then he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbaths. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is! For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about Jesus went out into every place in the surrounding region. So you can see here, Jesus' popularity is spreading quickly. Uh, people are talking about what he can do. People are talking about how he's casting out demons. People are talking about how he can uh, heal people of their, uh, of their illnesses and diseases. You know, as I was reading this passage, I kept thinking about Jesus' words at the synagogue about lepers and widows. I couldn't help but notice the description of the people that Jesus was healing. It kept referring to them as, as unclean or that he had an unclean spirit. And what it reminded me of was the idea of leprosy. I mean, leprosy was a highly contagious skin infection. Someone who was infected with leprosy was a social outcast. They were not even allowed to live with their own family. They were expected to go live with a, a colony of other lepers. They were expected to stay six feet away from family members. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? They're expected to stay six feet away from family members, even 150 feet away from anyone in the direction that the wind was blowing. I mean, you talk about social distancing. If someone came near them, they were required to cover their upper lip. You know, kind of think about covering their mouth with their hand, covering their mouth with their hand. And, and, and at, in so doing, they would yell out, unclean, unclean. So they had these expectations about people who had leprosy. In fact, the Jewish laws had 61 defilements 61 things that if you do these these things, they will defile you and you had to go and get cleansed and have someone declare you clean. 
The number one on the list was touching a dead body. That was the top of the list, the things that you don't do. Uh, and and the, according to the Jewish law, you touch a dead body, that's the top of the list. You are now uh, unclean. You have defiled yourself and you have to go through some rituals. Number two on their list was touching a person with leprosy. So you can see the, uh, the, you know, the disdain that they have uh, for this, this disease. They didn't, you know, you don't touch a dead body and number two, right after it, don't touch someone with leprosy. Well, in, in the scriptures, leprosy is often a, an illustration of sin. Sin defiles us in the sight of God. It even separates us from his presence. But through Christ, we can be healed of the plague of sin that has defiled us and separated us from God. Jesus healed unlikely people, people who you typically didn't even want to touch, people who were unclean. And it made me wonder, well, if Jesus healed the unclean, just as Elisha did, did he also minister to widows as Elijah did? I mean, both of those were mentioned, so it made me wonder. I bet, I bet we're going to see that here in a minute. I'm pretty sure we would. So let's pick back up at verse 38. Now he arose, or Jesus arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. This is Simon Peter. Entered Simon Peter's house. But Simon's wife's mother, or Simon's mother-in-law, was sick with a high fever. And they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. Now we'll pause there just for a moment to look at this, this, uh, the significance here. Peter's mother-in-law was sick. Dr. Luke, the author of, of the book, Dr. Luke mentions that she had a high fever. Now what's he getting at here? Well, he's indicating the seriousness of her illness. The fact that Peter's mother-in-law was in Peter's house is actually an indication that she was what? She was a widow, and Peter and his wife were taking care of her. So it's, it's no surprise here. I mean, we read this and we see this, uh, that, that yeah, she's in Peter's house. And I, I, as I saw that, I thought, there it is. That's exactly what you would expect to see. Jesus mentions Elijah and Elisha and how they ministered to the sick, ministered to the lepers, and then how they also ministered to the widows. And then we see Jesus doing those very things. So it should be no surprise to her, to us at all. So again, Jesus cared for widows. Jesus ministered to the unclean. Let's pick back up verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And Jesus laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. Now when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. 
And we come to the end of the of the chapter. You know, Jesus kept healing people all through the night. Did you catch that? I mean, all night long. I mean, he the people just kept coming to him and kept coming to him. They didn't they didn't want him to leave. They didn't want him to stop. The the crowds kept growing. The line kept getting longer and longer. It's really hard to say how many people Jesus would have healed just in this one night. But listen to this. It says he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. You know, I kind of thought about this for a moment. If this had been me, if I had been in Jesus' place and I had the ability to heal people as Jesus does, uh, it would have played out a lot different if, if it had been me. As soon as it started to get dark, I would have said something like this. Hey, Philip, how many people are left? And I can imagine Philip saying, you know, it's hard to say. Uh, the line goes all the way down the street. I mean, maybe maybe 100 people? No, no, wait. There's another group of people coming. The line is still growing. It's hard to tell how many. Uh, you know, I would have I would have said something like this. Okay, all right, Philip, uh, tell everybody to, to gather in, gather in. And I would have said something like this. Hey, everyone, thanks for coming to my ministry kickoff celebration. And as you can see, it's getting dark. It's close to my bedtime. So listen up. You're all healed. Thanks again for coming. Uh, let's let's do it again soon. Uh, thanks thanks a bunch. You know, but Jesus didn't do that, did he? Jesus didn't do blanket healings. He didn't just you know shout out and say, "Okay, everybody, everybody here that's within the why," because he was personal. Why? What else? Because it was about faith. It was about faith. It was about individual, personal faith. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. That's the God that we serve. We serve a personal God, one that takes time to lay his hands on every single person with a disease and make sure that they're healed. That's the God we serve. Can you imagine how many people Jesus would heal over the next three years? I mean, you may remember John in his gospel account says that there were so many miracles that it would be impossible to write them all down. It makes me think about the statement that Jesus said at the synagogue back, back at Nazareth. He says, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. I believe this is a prophetic statement. I mean, he's saying, he's saying right out front, you will surely say this proverb to me. It actually reminds me of what was said of Jesus while Jesus was hanging on the cross. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, they shouted, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself if you're the son of God, come down from the cross. And then they began to mock him. He saved others. He healed others. Look at all the ministry that he saved others, but yet he can't save himself. He's the, he's the physician. Physician, save yourself. You're the one that healed all these other people. Can you not do it for yourself? And they mocked Jesus. Well, I will say this. As we, as we think about Jesus on the cross, and this is a good place for us to really think about of one last thought. Dr. Luke's goal is to point us to the great physician, the one who healed untold numbers of their diseases and afflictions. This is the great physician who died and raised himself 
from the grave.